Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. I am delighted to have you with me on 1111 Talk Radio today. There is so much going on in the world, and I'm excited about the conversation that is going to take place today. I think there is more and more information about trauma that is passing through our world at this time. It is something that individuals are becoming more and more present to, but oftentimes we think about trauma as the really severe things that are taking place, such as when we look at a war taking place or we think of someone having uh, a home invasion or someone experiencing deep trauma in their childhood, we often don't think about the everyday trauma that we might experience just by reading a newspaper or listening to the news on TV, sometimes even listening to a friend. We hear different experiences that are painful family situations, or perhaps we have a moment that reminds us of something that we don't even realize we were traumatized by, but it brings about all of a sudden these experiences of fight, freeze, and flee. And in this day and time, it is especially important that we not only address our trauma and be willing to be with it, but understand that there are different methods and modalities that can support us in coping and healing that trauma, but also having a better understanding of where that arose from and how we play a role in healing the collective, in healing our families, our generations, both prior and those to come. And as you move through your spiritual journey, you may have found that you picked up different types of modalities that you found worked well together to serve a greater purpose. And that is what took place for Efu Niaki. She has combined three different uh, lineages to bring forth a way of working with individuals and healing that has really created profound movement in individuals' lives when it comes to trauma. Today we are talking about her book, Healing Trauma Through Family Constellations and Somatic Experiencing. And this is ancestral wisdom from the snail clan of Tanzania. She has born and raised in Mount Kilimanjaro slopes of Tanzania, Africa, and she came to develop her system for helping people heal past trauma by integrating her ancestral tribal wisdom with a fusion of two Western healing systems, somatic experiencing and systemic family constellations therapy. And in this book, she beautifully not only shares her journey to becoming a healer and how this was initiated by her grandfather and also an understanding of her grandmother's lineage of healing, but she also discovered how combining somatic experiencing and systemic family constellations therapy would create a powerful system for releasing cellular memories and healing intergenerational and collective trauma that was hidden beneath the surface of suffering. And in this day and time, I believe that we are here on the planet to be those bridges and those channels 
that really support not only our own healing, but going back and bringing through the healing and the strengths of those that came before us and alleviating the children to come from having to carry those same wounds and burdens that we have. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Efu to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome. It's so wonderful to have you here. Thank you very much, Simran. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited to share this news about this new book here. It's a new book, but the work has been going on for a long time. Thank you very much. Well, it is beautiful work, especially in the way that it's combined. And as I was sitting and contemplating, in a way, you are doing the very thing that Family Constellation Therapy supports people in doing. You have brought forward the strength of your grandfather's lineage, the healing that came from your mother's mother. You've kind of brought those forward through you as your strengths, while also finding these different methods that can work. Can you tell a little bit about how these three intersect so beautifully and maybe start off by explaining a little bit about the snail clan and how the snail medicine works into this? Thank you very much. Well, yeah, the snail clan is the same as this Nyaki clan, which is our, it's our clan. It's my clan where I was born to. Um, yeah, there's a little story that is in the book. It's very interesting that our grandfather used to tell us that, um, you, you know, those years, this war is something that keep on repeating years and years, right? <laughs> those days also, they used to have wars. That was like when my grandfather was young. And when um, our clan was a small clan and it continued being smaller, as time went on, because there was a war. So uh, because they were smaller, I think they are, my grandfather said that the ancestors felt really compassion for them so that they don't get wiped out. So uh, he sent, they sent, the ancestors sent this uh, shell, you know, this snail to kind of uh, save them. So they put it behind the house where uh, when people came from the war and they were injured, they will just take the snail and put it on the wound and the wound will heal immediately. Wow. For the children to listen that I remember as a child, I listened to that. I had the body experiencing of just kind of a beautiful feeling like, wow, the healing happened so instantaneous, just like that with this snail just kind of uh, going through, you know, the wounds in your body. And therefore those people, those of my grandparents, you know, they were healed and then they were able to go back to continue in the war. And then after that, the war is over and the clan continue. And I was born out of that. One of the things I, I think, I just summarized this story. But one of the things I really think it is very important and how my grandfather told this story, he, it's a myth, I am sure. Now, that time, I think I thought it was a real thing, but it's a myth. And the way he told the story was that in a way that you, you focus on the, he did focus on the resource. Yeah, there's a war, people are being injured and hurt. But yet there is a healing that is happening. 
so that the children do not just get stuck with the understanding of the war, of which when they hear that, they carry it forward. But he comes in with the resource so that we know there's always a resource so that we have um, we have the power within to stop the violence and the war. And I think that was his objective of telling us that story. So really we become we we become like the Nyaki family, the Nyaki clan is blessed by this snail, which is kind of bringing life, new life again to people after they have been injured or after they have been traumatized. That's so beautiful. And I love the mythology and the way that your grandfather shared that and spoke of it. And as I contemplated my own meaning behind that, it seems that with trauma or with any type of emotional, mental, spiritual healing, it is very much that, that we almost have to become the snail, very slow moving, gently moving through that, over it, around it, licking that wound in a way that we are cleaning out what has been there, understanding and creating the salve that has to go within ourselves. So it very much felt like it's exactly what people must do as they go through, whether it's somatic experiencing or the family constellations therapy or any type of modality. It requires that presence, that pause, that gentleness, and that really tender, loving touch that's so slow moving in order to really grasp what is requiring to be healed. Yes, very true. I totally agree with you. When I when I just go look at that image of the snail, and 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 again, it does have also the snail. One other thing I like, I think, it's that it does have its own really very protective house. So when it is too much, it just go very quietly in there and hide. And when it needs to come out again for the healing it comes out. So I also thought like, when we, we need to reform ourselves, we need to heal ourselves, to recover ourselves, to take time for ourselves so that we can actually help others. And you know, like when I look at the symbolism of the snail, it is full of these spiritual meanings of healing oneself, healing others, uh, taking care, transforming. I, I just really, it's, it's very rich. Yes, you are right. Thank you very much for recognizing that. Very, very rich indeed. Another very rich piece that I found right at the beginning of the book was the section that you titled The We Beneath the Eye. And in our world, and especially in Western culture, it has become so much about the eye, about the identity. And we've separated ourselves so much from one another because of this need to be I, I, I. And when I read that and saw how in your culture you speak as we instead of I, and that that we is the ancestry behind you, that's so powerful. That gives such a strength and a rootedness to speak of it from that way. Talk a little bit more about that cultural belonging in that way. and. Uh, do you still speak as we, or have you kind of become I as well? 
I continue to speak as we, because I know inside of myself, I, I, and I was more assured even with the scientific world that, you know, I carry the DNA of my mother, father. If I say 50% is my mother, 50% is my father. And then 25, 25% is my grandparents, each of my grandparents. And then, you know, half of the 25%, it goes, you know, eight point something. Is, it goes back and forth all the way to seventh generation. You have always, each one of them are there. I mean, I can count, I don't know how many ancestors that I'm carrying in my body. So I actually feel, it's like you say, it's not just using that in my corticoid brain, but it is feeling in my body, my body feels totally present. I have this presence that I think a lot of people tell me, give me this feedback that it is it, it brings safety to them. So I'm, I'm because, and I said, okay, thank you for recognizing that because I know this is the ancestors that are within me. So sometimes, I think we are, you know, it's me, we are. When the Western world, of course, I know oftentimes I'm telling a story and I say we, and they say, well, who is we? You know, well, English is my third language or my fourth language when I start with all those, the tribal languages. So when people say, who is we? Then I get a little bit discombobulated and I'm like, oh, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking about I and my family, I mean, you know, like that's how we did things because I get very confused. Who am I talking to But about? But then I go back actually to recognize this big presence inside my body that I'm bringing them with me and everything that I do, they accompany me, they give me security and they help me in this work of healing. And therefore, we are really um, recognizing the world with with its own oneness. And like you're speaking right there across the world on the other side. But I feel we are connected. And so I'm bringing my connectedness with my ancestors and it connected with you and with so many other people, even those who are suffering today with wars and pain and hunger, we are connected to them. And therefore, when I sit here as we, I know I have something I can share with them. Even if I kind of contribute with my breath, it is a deep breath because it's a breath of we from this side. Thank you. This is all so powerful and so resonant. My my whole life I've kind of felt like I didn't quite belong, neither in society nor in family. And after several traumatic experiences and moving through those and finding a sense of belongingness to myself, a few months ago, all of a sudden, I decided to go and find pictures of my grandparents and put them in my prayer room and meditation space. Now, growing up, we were never told any history. We didn't know anything about our grandparents or our families or where we came from. And that created a sense of lostness for me. And as I sat with them, with the pictures in my prayer room, I began talking to them. I began asking them to 
to to stand with me, to be with me, to help me remember who they are inside of me. And so as I read your book, this was so powerful in this recognition of understanding that we are not alone, we are not by ourselves, that we do have a lineage behind us, whether we are aware of that or not. But I think about the stories that are passed on today, and for so many they get the stories of oppression, they get the stories of trauma, they get the stories of separation. But sometimes that lostness comes from not really knowing who we are or where we came from. Is that relative in terms of doing the family constellation and the somatic experiencing work? And how does someone begin if they're in that place of not quite belonging? Okay. If someone is in that place, we begin, I actually begin with somatic experiencing, which of course scientifically talks about our nervous system. It explains on how trauma manifests in our body and, and that everything, you know, like Peter Levine always say that trauma is not in the event, but it is in our body. So whatever happens, the the shock we, we get, like we started, you started a very beautiful talking about the situations all over the world, even watching TV. We watch TV. We, it's like we think we are there, but our body is the one which is really reacting, painful, you know, like kind of constricted, seeing all of that. So when people come to me, and first they're so constricted, they have so much pain, they cannot even connect with their own body, they feel disconnected. What I do first, I invite them to connect with themselves, like just noticing what they can feel. I, I invite them to touch themselves. I invite them to begin to feel the chair supporting them, to feel the ground beneath their feet. Uh, supporting them. And so when they begin to touch something and touch inside, they begin to feel some kind of connection. And then I begin to use the chair, actually, like I would say, well, imagine the chair being the, your mother's lap, for example. Oh, I hate my mother. All right, that's okay. Then you can imagine that chair being like a nice big tree on top. You can sit on top of it. And, you know, I use other things slowly. As people begin to connect with themselves, they might tell me the story of trauma where they have so much energy of fight. You see, when you say something, they immediately say, no, I don't like that. I hate that. So we slowly just accept that. Stay in the, with the body. Bring in some resources, gentleness. And my presence, again, big presence, it helps them to begin to accept and feel safe, safe, where they actually begin to shake off, to liberate all the traumatic energy. So when they liberate the traumatic energy, there's a lightness into the body, into the muscles, into the bones, into the heart and feeling and the emotions. So when they liberate that, they are actually, the new meanings begin to come in. Like they will say, well, I know probably my mother suffered a lot too. That's why she was the way she is. Okay, that's good. We are getting around. So in that sense, I begin to show them that, that, that yeah, this mother that who suffered, it's inside of you. But you know what? So I use some kind of educational with awareness that you don't have to carry her suffering. You can take her strength because apart from suffering so much, 
she managed to give life to you. So today you are alive. So take the life that she gave you. And actually love always come with the life. And then you say thank you. And you leave the suffering with her. Because anyway, she has already transformed that. Because it's not always there. You know, we work on the present moment. Right now, I think it might feel very good already. Because that is past experience. And now we are working on the present experiencing, which it is of today, right now in front of me. And right here, there's nothing to make us suffer. We already liberated the trauma. And then we can see the mother is there now, but carrying her own pain. And we can even feel more, more as I say, more compassionate and really, and accept her just as she is, while I'm now taking care of myself. I just pick up a mother as an example, could be with the father, with the grandparents as well in this example. I'm not sure if I answered your question. Yeah, That was, that was really beautifully responded to, Efu. And one thing I want to touch back on is we're really then looking at trauma is related to the nervous system. So when trauma is in this nervous system, so often people are walking around not even realizing that their body is in trauma, but the nervous system will reflect that, correct? There, there will be certain behaviors that indicate that trauma is, is present. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. My goodness, when, when, the, when the trauma is in the body, in the nervous system, it's, we are talking actually about energy, huh? a powerful energy. Because what is really trauma? Trauma is a response on how we felt when the event happened, right? We wanted to have defended ourselves. Even we're looking at the te television and we see all those bombs being thrown. I mean, you feel like hiding, you know? You feel like running away. You feel like go and find that person who is doing that and shake them down. Yeah, this is how we are reacting. And well, by doing that, our nervous system is really getting very tight, very ready to do this movement. But however, we are not able to complete it because there's a lot of other layers and fear and all that. So, and also because these things happen very fast. Trauma always happened very fast. So we have no time to organize ourselves to complete those reactions, those responses that we would like to have done in order to save our lives. So it's the mobilized energy that is powerful energy in our nervous system. So we walk around with that energy and actually it changes completely our personalities. We might become somebody who is constantly aggressive, just always fighting. Somebody look at you, you're already fighting at them, you know. Somebody look at you, you're running away from them. Somebody's looking at you and you feel like zombie, you cannot move, you cannot answer. So it changes our behavior completely. And I actually think, I not think, I'm pretty sure, all the people who are fighting in the wars, most of them are actually very traumatized. And they're just repeating, replaying what have been played in them. So uh, that is very sad. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping with this work, I continue with it every day and teaching so many people. Because as, as the more we heal people, it's the more we cut down the chances of repeating these traumatic events. 
in our lives, in our planet Earth. That's so important for individuals to hear, that individuals that are at war or that create violence or outburst or anything like that, they've been hurt, they're carrying trauma, they're, they're repeating cycles, That's, that much of that is so unconscious because it is in the physiology. And in your book, you, you start off in the first section talking about managing stress. And stress is probably the most rampant uh, thing that exists right now and to really, really heightened degrees. Is stress a result of trauma? Yes, to some extent. Yes, stress is a result of trauma. Because when, you, when your nervous system is carrying this energy, because you are constant, you cannot relax. You, you know, even when you go to sleep, you're sleeping, but you are defending yourself in your sleep. If you ever sleep with somebody, you can see them throwing their arms and hands in there and this, you know, and their limbs. They're constantly fighting. And therefore, the sleep is not really comfortable, deep. They woke up always tired. Um, so with that, it starts to it, it begins to create stress also in their nervous system. And so they're always stressful in everything they do in their own workplace, in, in, in their own daily life. Even when you're enjoying life with friends, you're stressful about it. So yes, stress is outcome of, um, of, of trauma. However, also another way that stress can also come out of, of, the, of our world that it is telling us to rush, 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 run, 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 run. You know, you know what I mean? You, you're sitting in a car, eating your sandwich, going to work. I mean, <laughs> that creates stress. And you're driving and then of a sudden somebody passing you and you yell at them with your mouth full of, uh, you know, food. You, you know, you can just imagine that, see that image. So even if people are not traumatized, which is very rare, we're all very much traumatized, but very rare. So, so when you see somebody who is so stressed out, it's because we are also running so much. We are always looking to do something else. and it's. Um, I'm not sure. So, so what we are teaching also in this uh, in these trainings of uh, healing ourselves, it is to look into slow down, be more present, do something and enjoy everything you're doing, noticing the sensations in your body, noticing the breath, noticing the heartbeat, because that helps us to slow down. Yeah, come out from running, running, running. So the rushing can also create stress, but most of it comes from trauma, of course. Slow down, pause, Slow. take time. Peter Levine says that trauma is perhaps the most avoided, ignored, belittled, denied, misunderstood, and untreated cause of human suffering. And Efu says in her book, many dysfunctions of the body, mind, and spirit are caused by unresolved issues surfacing from past traumatic experiences that leave feelings of unworthiness, loneliness, perceptions of rejection and abandonment, guilt and hopelessness, and physical and emotional pain. When we can connect with the bodily sensations, the pain and distress are released and we experience quietness and peacefulness. The main ingredient needed for healing to happen 
is humility that allows the soul and the body to manifest healing on many different levels. I invite you to connect with Efunyaki by going to HealingTraumaWell.com, pick up her book, Healing Trauma Through Family Constellations and Somatic Experiencing, Ancestral Wisdom from the Snail Clan of Tanzania. Again, the title is Healing Trauma Through Family Constellations and Somatic Experiencing. She does have two upcoming events. One is December 5th through 10th, the Advanced Level of Somatic Experiencing Training in Istanbul, Turkey. And in addition, she has in January Somatic Experiencing for BIPOC Training. And you can find out more about that on the website. We'll be right back with more of Ifunuyaki right after these messages. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Ibu Miyake and her beautiful book, Healing Trauma Through Family Constellations and Somatic Experiencing, I want to mention my own trilogy that has been released that helps you to understand the three different parts of you, living the seven blessings of human experience, 
indicates the you that is walking conscious and unconscious in the world. It is your identity, your personality, and all of the things that you will go through in this life that are alternative blessings, like conflict and chaos and challenge, and how you can navigate those from a higher state of being. The second book is Being, The Seven Illusions That Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. We all have deeply unconscious and subconscious wounds. We carry shadows, animal behavior, physiology that has us react in certain ways. And there's a way to rise into a higher octave of expression, but only when we understand the very visceral and deep qualities that we carry within us that we're unconscious to. The third book has to do with our humanity, and it is knowing the seven human expressions of grace. And this is very much stepping into or reclining into your humanity by allowing the pauses, by allowing yourself to truly feel, and understanding how you can now bring more light through the body by really reclaiming the truth of who you are in your naturalness. As you order Ifu's book, I invite you to order my trilogy. It can be read alongside other books because it is more like an oracle, and you can open to whatever page in each book and be guided with the information that you need on that day. Uh, so find out more about that by going to my website. Somatic Experiencing was created in 1973 by Peter Levine and provides a naturalistic and neurobiological approach to healing trauma. The original Hellinger family constellation was formulated in the 1980s by Bert Hellinger and provides a phenomenal, phenomenological and therapeutic approach for healing that looks at problems, difficulties, or conflicts with the systemic view. Efu combines these two modalities along with the wisdom from the snail clan, and she has created powerful healing and powerful presence for so many people around the world in a way that supports them in living better lives. Efu, we talked a little bit about the somatic experiencing as you guided us through one example of really being present and coming back to the body by using the chair and that type of thing. Can you share a little bit about what uh, family constellation therapy really is and and how that connects, how you connect these two to really bring about not only the physiological response to healing, but then also, like you said, that mental shift of finding the strengths as opposed to staying stuck in the story or in the wounding. Yes, yeah. Family constellation system therapy, uh, really, it, yeah, like you have mentioned already there, it works with phenomena. You know, we are, we are looking at what comes up. First, it also emphasizes a lot in the present moment. And that's why when I work with somatic experiencing, I always bring people back into the body and not responding from what happened in the past. And so we are looking at the phenomena that are happening as we are doing the work. And, you know, it, it brings, family constellation bring this concept of oneness again, that we are not alone. We are a system. We are a family system. We are um, a community system. We are the global system. And everyone is connected to each other. So uh, it is also based on the fact that what I do, what I think, what I am trying to manifest, it affects everybody around me. So to remember that I'm part of the system. 
So, and Beth Hallinger, who is um, who who founded, he's the founder of Family Constellation. He went to South Africa as a missionary uh, many years ago in the eighties, um, and he he started working with the Zulu people as a missionary, of course. But he's somebody who his spirit was illuminated in a way that even with all the uh, apartheid and discrimination that was there, he did it a little differently. He went and he missed in he immensed himself himself in the people's life, in the communities, in the poor sections where people lived the, their life very simply and rich of traditions and rituals. So he learned from their rituals three things that are very important, which we call them uh, three orders of love. And um, he will talk about the first order being that you actually always reverence those who come before us, in your parents, your ancestors, and in the places and the trees and all of that that came before us. We reverence them. We see them like they have had a lot of experience for them to be here before I arrived. So I reverence them. And then he said, if you reverence them, then the love will flow. Yeah? And then the second order of love is the, it's about um, receiving and giving in balance. So if you actually receive from your parents and your ancestors, you know, with a grateful heart, with a reverence also, if you actually humble yourself and receive it, then you become very full. You become completely abundant. And wherever you go, you are actually kind of overflowing with everything, with love, with material, whatever you need, you have it and it's overflowing. So you can share with others. Again, this is where love flows. Yeah, and the third one, it's the belonging. If I belong, if I recognize that this is my mother, this is my father, even if they gave me away to somebody else to take care of, but this is where my life was manifested. Yeah, that, that mother and that father, that mother's womb, it brought me here. That's where my system is. So when I recognize my belonging coming from here, and then it expands itself to all the ancestors that came before me. I belong. And now from there, everywhere else I go, I will always belong. So those three orders of love are really key for family constellation system therapy. When I understand those three orders of love, love begin to flow. And I can actually let go of a lot of stories that I feel like I'm a victim to my family and I'm a victim to this and I'm a victim to that. We let go of the victimhood and actually begin to experience the flow of love by exercising those orders of love. Yeah. So in the place where there is the disorder of love, does that come from individuals taking a different place in the family than they should have or having a different importance or someone being dismissed that should have been revered? And then how does that play out to affect the family? Well, 
Yeah, like for example, the whole uh, the order of, of of belonging. Then, if I have an attitude that I don't like my family, I mean, I this is my work. I meet so many people, so I don't like my family. My family, my families, they have a lot of bad people. They do this and that. So I think of them being bad and good. And then I feel when I'm saying they're bad, that means I'm saying I'm good, right? So uh, this is the judgment, and I'm saying that they do wrong things. So I'm making myself perfect. So when I'm excluding myself from that family, actually the family goes out of balance because something is missing there. And therefore, the love will begin to flow to me. It won't find me because I'm not in my place in my family. And then it will not flow to the anybody else because also one, one member, one cell is not there. There is a hole. So the system is always constantly trying to recapture something, but it doesn't find it. So when I don't belong, I also create a chaos to the entire family. If somebody else also excludes somebody else in the family, also that happens. The consequences is that the love is not flowing in that family. That's, in most of the cases, we have chaos, we have conflicts. Yeah, yesterday I was giving a talk and many people brought up the conflict, knowing that I don't revere my sister. I don't want to talk to, to my brother because he's like this and all that. So one of the thing is like, it's me trying to uh, feel better than other persons. So that is an attitude. But another thing is a phenomenon that if this came from the ancestral energy, that somebody was excluded in the past. So the system is constantly trying to repair itself. So the one person from this later generation will, will also exclude themselves or they will exclude somebody else. And therefore this keep repeating. But I think it's with intuit, with the, with the purpose of healing because it brings a lot of painful actions because the love is not flowing. And therefore, that those conflicts begin to arise so that it can be healed. And so let's take the example you just gave. If there's someone that is excluded or feeling uh, ostracized or left out, and this was actually uh, a repeat of a prior generation's issue, the healing would come about because they uh, were able to resolve that rift, or is the healing coming about because they can love unconditionally and still be separate. What does healing actually turn out mm -hmm. looking like in this type of modality? Right. The healing happens because this person eventually found, found out that, yes, by going back to your, by allowing yourself, you don't have to go and live with the people, but it's, our, it's in our attitude. By allowing myself to belong, then I begin to feel peaceful. And the other people begin to also feel peaceful. So it's that's all you need to come back, to take your place. When everybody belongs, everybody else feels good. We see this many times in our sessions. Somebody come to open a family constellation, come to a therapy. They come, they say they are resolving their own problems. But when we found out the problem is because they actually don't want to belong or they were excluded, when we are able to bring this into the therapy and then they see themselves in their own place, 
they could have a brother who had run away for 20 years. And then this brother call and says, come, he's coming back like in, you know, in two or three days. So everybody's like, what? And so, well, that worked really worked very fast. Our, our work do like this many times. We get the phenomena like that. People, they resolve it. One person, they just need one person, not everybody. One person came and work on their own part and the whole system begin to organize and the love begin to flow again and the peacefulness of that family begin to happen. And then they live again peacefully. And then, of course, in the connection with other people, with your workplace, everything also begin to change. In the book, you talk about how when there are children, whether it's stillborn or miscarriage or something like that happens, they actually still hold a place in the family, even though they're not here. And yes. that, that a non-recognition of them actually affects the family, creates the disorder. Yes, this is very interesting, actually. And, and you know what? This is something I want to even say. In my culture, we already did it very naturally. Yeah, When uh, there was a stillborn or there was a, also like some, a child died, you know, or miscarriage, you know, um, they, are, they are given a place. They are given a name, always. They will have a name. And nobody will ever take their names. So like, actually, the child who survived if they they came after them and they um they are having uh, their wedding ceremony there's a ceremony that is done first to the one who died before the one who was not even born was miscarried uh, to just say well if you were on this side of the world if you were here you would be actually getting married before your brother before your sister uh so now we are doing this ceremony for you so that you can open up the way for your sibling to be able to move on. So in that we did those rituals to acknowledge the belonging of that soul. And so, of course, Beth Halling captured that from the people, Zulu people, which is, you know, Africa in general, and is teaching it because we find so many complications in the family and conflict and separations of the couples because they couldn't recognize the miscarriage that happened. Once we invite them to include it in, actually the couples live more peaceful again or they recover their relationship again. This is for real. We have a lot of this happening. There's some beautiful stories in the book that... that describe that with such power. I really appreciated reading some of the uh, actual session work and how their families changed because of these different recognitions that you talk about. And it makes me think, you know, doing this work shifts the family, but then families are what will shift our world. So it is, it is energy. It is something that ripples out. And all of these global conflicts that we're having they're in a sense just much larger expressions of the single family unit. It's just we're on a global scale. It's, you're very right. That's true. And as I say too, like, okay, the family, when a family member changed, the whole family changed. But also, if I'm working in some company, also I bring this energy of healing in that company. So the company changed. You know, like you said, 
that's how it really ripples, like you say, in so many, many, many ways. And so we're searching for healing that goes beyond that. Like a family constellation system therapy, a session, it does a healing for the individual, for the whole family, for those who are not here, even for those who have gone before us that were not in peace when they left. So they can actually rest in peace also. So it's like everybody is touched in one session that is that. Within the book, you go into a lot of areas. You talk about depression. You talk about healing sexual trauma, food and drug addiction, asthma, other respiratory problems. And throughout them, we're we're taken back to mother and father. We're taken back to where we place them in the family. And with traditional psychotherapy or other types of modalities, it always does seem to go back to mother and father. How is it different in this type of work as opposed to perhaps other types of modalities? Yes. So for this modality, it goes back to mother and father, but then it is extended. We go into an extended family. It's not just a nuclear family. And when you go to the extended family, you find more, you find a bigger cushion, a res- more resources, because when you have the ancestors there, there is a feeling of fullness. Uh, everybody feels even more secure because um, Ben Hallinger used to say, I think I remember one time uh, in his workshop, he said, well, sometimes the parents could have suffered trauma so much. And their children have a ripple of that trauma they suffered also. Now, when you can see the grandparents there behind them, it, it gives you a little bit of more secure that you like you look at your parents beyond them. And so it's not it just doesn't end in the nuclear family. It goes beyond it. This type of work that we do, is it limited to age? Is this something that a teenager could do? Is it something that someone in their 70s could do? Is it something that a couple can do? Uh, Is there a certain age range that it really works best for? Everyone. Babies. Babies who are born right now, they bring them to the the family constellation. Somebody's carrying them. All of a sudden, they are picked up to represent somebody and they just some, you know, the phenomena are wonderful. So it's from the bed, the birth moment to the dying moment. Everyone does this work and participate very well. And in those family constellations, you're actually tapping into the morphogenetic field. So that is the way that those uh, substitutes that come in to represent different family members they somehow pick up on that energy and that consciousness of that individual. Is that how it works? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, we we use, uh, and I think that the morphogenetic, which is from, uh, what what is name, uh, Shedrick, yeah. Um, yes. You know, Bert Hellinger, before many people were really questioning him, what is this? You have to explain, you know, everything you have to scientifically explain. But Shedrick was present one time in his workshop and he helped to explain it. So that's why I always use this because I know he was part of the training also. And he brought a lot of light with his, uh, you know, one, one, with most of his, his understanding of uh, morphogenetic field. So when you pick somebody to represent your, parent, your mother or your father, like for me, they're in Tanzania, Africa, but they come here and their energy is manifested 
how is that? So I tell people to read those books from, uh, yeah, Shadrach. It's a really, Rupert Shadrach helps a lot to understand that we are all connected. Yeah, in many different ways. We are all connected. Thank you so much, Ifunayaki, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. I want to urge you to pick up her book, Healing Trauma Through Family Constellations and Somatic Experiencing. And if you'd like to learn more about the trainings that are being offered, there's one December 5th through 10th. It's an advanced level somatic experiencing training. And then there's one that is taking place in January. Go to the website, healingtraumawell.com. Once again, thank you, Efu, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. I'm going to close out the show reading a section from your book. Openly looking at one's family of origin provides a person with the opportunity to see both the good and the bad, to uncover secrets as well as truths, and to let go of the lost and the unexplained. By seeing these various components, one can acknowledge the multifaceted truths of one's family soul and all that binds the members together. When one looks at his or her origin with open eyes, an open mind, and an open heart, void of moral judgment, that person is capable of letting go of that which does not serve his or her personal growth. Most importantly, one learns to gain strength from a more meaningful, conscious connection to his or her family soul. I invite you again to go and visit her website, HealingTraumaWell.com. Until next week, I am Simran, in love of love with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.